0: you're listening to the locked on broncos podcast hosted by cody rourke your daily broncos podcast The Denver Broncos made several roster moves on Monday as they look to start shaping up the roster for training camp. Plus, Broncos fans share their thoughts on the team's trajectory following the NFL draft, and are the Broncos still eyeing to upgrade the edge rusher position? Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand-new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. I'm also a Broncos analyst for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can catch me here on Lockdown Broncos every single day, five days a week, all year long. And just a reminder after you're done listening to Lockdown Broncos today, go check out the Peacock and Williamson show as NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdown's Peacock and Williamson. Every Monday through Friday, Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insights from every game, team, and move around the NFL. You get your picks, your previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. and You can get Lockdown Broncos, like I mentioned, every single day on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, AUDACY, and very soon here in the next week or so, You're going to have Lockdown Broncos on video format. You're going to get the audio podcast here in your favorite provider, but we're also going to have the show in video format on YouTube. So go to YouTube, search Lockdown Broncos, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Once we get to 4,500 subscribers, we're really close. We're at 3.6 thousand subscribers as is. We will do a jersey giveaway, and we're going to be looking at giving away a Patrick Sertan jersey to one lucky winner. But Broncos country, hope you're doing well today. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, just want to say hey, welcome into the show. We appreciate you. We've had the most amazing week ever on the show, the biggest week in the show's history. And that's all because of you, the avid Broncos fans, who want great coverage. I aim to provide it to you every single day. So with that said, let's get into our Broncos news and notes to kick off today's episode of the show. yesterday. The Broncos made a couple of roster moves to help free up some cap space and also help fluctuate some space in general. The Broncos released veteran quarterback Jeff Driscoll, who was brought in last season to be the backup to Drew Locke. And this was one of those moves in hindsight. When you look back at the overall announcement, when the Broncos announced in free agency last year that they were going to sign former Detroit Lions quarterback Jeff Driscoll, I think a lot of people were wondering why. What was the the reason behind this? What was the ultimate decision? And then in training camp, you know, it was kind of evident to see that Drew Locke was the the main guy. Nobody in that locker room, I mean, I think Brett Rippin could push Drew Locke because of the fact that he's a very cerebral guy. He understands the playbook really well. But Jeff Driscoll, the, the idea was that he was going to maybe serve as a veteran guy for Drew, but there was no competition for Drew last season. And that's obviously changed coming into the 2021 offseason where we're at right now. But the Broncos, they realized in hindsight, hey, it didn't work. This is not John Elway's team anymore. It is George Payton's. And now they are moving on from Driscoll after trading for Teddy Bridgewater. After having Brett Rippon in that locker room as is, I imagine it's going to be those same three guys. Who knows? And like I said, in a month, everything can change from now. And you guys know what I'm talking about as it pertains to number 12 there in Green Bay. If something happens, we'll break it down here on the show. But I don't want to get too much in the daily speculation about are the Broncos going to go after him. If he's available, if Green Bay wants to move on from him, yes, they will pursue him. Will it happen? I'm not quite sure yet, but we're going to focus on the news as is. And Jeff Driscoll will be finding a new venture elsewhere, no longer a Denver Broncos. So Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and Brett Ripon now serve as the Broncos' quarterbacks on the roster heading into training camp as of today. And another move, too, they also released fullback, running back, hybrid player Jeremy Cox, who played in a couple games for the team last season. And this is sort of a transition where I think the Broncos' offense is aiming to go away from the traditional fullback. And that's something that Vic Fangio touched on in his pre-draft press conference is that the game has changed so much that you don't really see fullbacks anymore. You can do everything with a tight end or an H-back. You can motion them as a sniffer. You can bring them back underneath as extra protection. I oh, know Denver did that several times last year. When you're in 12 personnel, you can have the opportunity to do that as well. Where You bring in two tight ends. You can have one guy offset. You can have one guy in line. And you can bring a guy back across the formation to block the backside edge. That's something that Denver did, and we broke that down in our film review on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channel. So a fullback, not really a position of need for the Broncos at this point in time as they transition into a little bit of a new era, maybe an embracement of the new modern NFL offense. And they also made a roster move after that by signing tight end Eric Sobert. And I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly. Obviously, do some research and I'll get it right if I didn't. But Sober is a former fifth round selection from the Atlanta Falcons drafted back in 2017. He's been on various teams over the last couple of seasons, bounced around from the New England Patriots, the Las Vegas Raiders, Chicago Bears, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And his role on paper, hypothetically, when we look at it, based on his size and his weight he, he's more of a blocking tight end so Denver earlier this offseason they released Nick Vanette who I felt did a really good job fulfilling that role not sure what the role is going to be for Troy Fumagalli I know Jake Butt's no longer on the Broncos roster but Denver is looking in a different direction with the guys that they have and they also brought in some other guys as well you know we have Albert Oakway but I'm coming off of an ACL Vic Fangio said it's going to probably take a little bit of time he's not going to be up to full speed in training camp just yet so they're going to ease him in and that could evidently factor into why the Broncos decided to sign Eric. Robert, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, to maybe be that blocking guy, and Denver's going to get other guys involved in the process along the way, but training camp's going to be here in just about two months, and we're going to have you covered here, Lockdown Broncos. We're going to be there, hopefully, at training camp if things open up. I'm fully vaccinated, so it's going to open up more opportunities, but we'll bring you that coverage here when that time rolls around, but Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into the conversation as to, are the Broncos looking to upgrade the edge rusher depth already on the team based on something that they tried to do in the first round of the NFL draft last week? We're going to break that down coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I've got to tell you guys about the sponsors of today's episode of the show. It's your good friends over there, BetOnline.ag and 1010. But with BetOnline, they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. With the MLB season in full swing, you can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NHL, NBA, and all your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses. And contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. And this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over there at 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings that have been designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today and rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. And using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring that's ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. And they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. All you got to do is search the words 10 by 10 And if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that you think that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. And they won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by ten only at BlueNile.com. Now, an interesting report came out yesterday, first reported by the NFL Network's Mike Silver. Mike Kliss, 9 News reporter, also confirmed this. That The Broncos, in the first round of the NFL draft this past week, they were looking to trade back into round one if one player fell at a certain position. We know the Broncos, they selected Patrick Sertan at 9 overall, but the Broncos were hoping that Miami pass rusher Jalen Phillips was hopefully going to fall into the 20s. And if... Phillips were to fall into the 20s, Mike Silver reported that the Broncos would have attempted to trade up to get him now this tells me that the Broncos they were obviously looking at upgrading their edge rusher position now you can factor in with some of the other moves that Denver made especially George Payton round two trading up five spots ahead of Miami to get Javante Williams was a move that they wanted to make because they viewed him as one of those other players that Miami more than likely was going to take they took Javon Holland the very next pick but Denver And we all knew this as well. Miami, they were looking at maybe getting a running back, and we were surprised at 18 they did not select Najee Harris, which in my opinion, I think a lot of other people's opinions as well, drafting a running back that high is really, really tough. It's really tough to do. However, Miami, I felt like, had a really good excuse considering that they had two first-round picks in this year's NFL draft. It makes sense from that standpoint. But if that was their sole pick, It would have been hard to question. Uh, The the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up getting Najee Harris. So for them, in round number two, they were looking at getting a running back because they got an edge rusher, which was a critical need for their defense. And then they also got a key wide receiver with their first first round pick. So it made sense for the Dolphins there. So for the Broncos, you know, if they were looking at obtaining an edge rusher, and maybe a top edge rusher, how serious are they maybe looking at bolstering the depth of the edge rusher position as is? And when we factor in the team's current position with their edge rushers, on paper right now, Von Miller back for one season. Bradley Chubb, his uh, fifth year option just got picked up. He's a candidate to be extended during the season. The Broncos, George Payton said that they expect Bradley Chubb this upcoming year to have his best year in pro football. So if that's the case, that's going to be very, very scary for quarterbacks because 2018 was a damn good year for Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Now for Von, there's a lot riding on the season based on how he performs. Obviously up there in his 30s, a one-year deal coming off of a major injury where he didn't get a chance to play at all. You factor those into your evaluation. You look at the guys behind Denver right now, behind Von Miller, behind Bradley Chubb, you have Malik Reed. After 2021, Malik Reed's contract is going to be up. So Denver, they have an evident need there. And also feel like they had a need to address some of that depth going into this offseason because you lose Jeremiah Tauchu, who was up back last year on a one-year deal. And he contributed at a pretty decent level. You factor in the defense right now. Derek Tuska, a seventh-round pick from last year as well. A little undersized and not quite sure if he's going to really have a strong chance to make the team going into 2021. I think he's going to have to have a very solid training camp. He has to put on some weight, and he's got to be able to handle the physicality. And that was one of his issues coming out of the FCS, just being an undersized guy with a lot of athleticism. You need to be able to be strong because you're not always going to be able to get guys with the speed rush. When you look at Von Miller, he's got the combination of power, and he's also got the combination of speed. Bradley Chubb is a powerhouse. He can bowl guys over. So the question is, right now with where the Broncos are at, they made a couple of moves in the NFL draft. They acquired a couple of players. Could they sign maybe a free agent as rusher this offseason? It's possible. Maybe they bring a guy in for training camp, but let's take a look at the depth options that the team has behind Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Malik Reid right now. And one of those players is Baron Browning. And... We thought with this third-round pick initially that he's going to come in and play inside linebacker, which Vic Fangio says that he's got the ability to play both the edge and inside. He's got the speed to play the inside backer position. And it reminds me a lot of the Justin Hollins decision that Deborah made a couple of years ago. And we all know how that worked out. But I want to put some hindsight on why the Broncos did what they did with Justin Hollins. So initially, the hope was to convert Justin Hollins, who played edge rusher at the University of Oregon, in Vic Fangio's defense under Jim Levitt, the hope was to convert him to inside linebacker because he was tall and he was athletic and he could run. Maybe he was going to be that cover guy for the Broncos. Well, the injury happened to uh, Bradley Chubb and the Broncos had to move Justin Hollins to outside backer. He did start that season at inside backer, not as a starter, but as a rotational guy in sub packages. And you know, he got worked on a little bit. He had you know a couple of rough steps. He had some really good moments as well. But then the team had to move him to the outside backer position. And that's where he ultimately plays right now for the Los Angeles Rams. And so Denver last year, they were looking at having Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Malik Reed, and they decided in training camp that they were going to release Justin Hollins with the expectation that he would clear waivers and that they would bring him back on the practice squad. And obviously he'd be an elevation player for this upcoming season. Well, Brennan Staley departed the Broncos to become the defensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Rams. And he knew because he worked in that position room with him as his coach. He's like, hey, look, I'm going to snag Justin Hollins because the Los Angeles Rams, they need some outside backer depth. And then Hollins ended up starting for the Rams in 2020 on the number one defense in the national football league. So you can take for that what you want, but for Denver, they would still have Hollins on the roster if it weren't for Staley stealing him away. So now Denver has to ask themselves, do I want to convert Baron Browning to an inside back or do I want to keep him as a potential edge rusher? Because he's got the size, he's got the speed to be able to do it. He's an athletic type build. You would love to be able to see him do that. But you have to factor in the questions about the Broncos' depth at inside linebacker. And I think more than likely, Baron Browning is going to project to be the inside backer player for Denver, but there is another Ohio State player that the Broncos drafted that has an opportunity, in my opinion, to be maybe that fourth option behind Malik Reid, and that's Jonathan Cooper. Both of these guys are Ohio State players. And For some reason, Vic Fangio, defensively, he's loved these Ohio State guys. He go down and gets Draymond Jones, who ended up, in my opinion, being the steal of that draft class. For his value, where the Broncos got him, and then this year you double dip into Ohio State guys with Browning and Jonathan Cooper. So with Jonathan Cooper, the thing that kind of excites me about him, he's a fast guy. In a sense, not necessarily he's got four or five speed, but he's fast as a guy that can punch the shoulder of that tackle, squeeze down hill line depth, and then if the play tracks to the outside. He understands the appropriate angle to take it to where he's not playing trail technique, but he's attacking it and extended the the running back or whoever it is, if it's a wide receiver on a jet sweep, wider to where you have your corners coming up and forcing the guy out of bounds. He's got some power and speed, and Jeff Legwald of ESPN covers the Broncos, had a really great clip about him, and I'm going through my film review right now, but he's six foot two, two hundred 253 pounds, and in his 45 career emphasis at Ohio State, he started in 25 games. He says that the Broncos may have to decide whether to play him a defensive end or outside linebacker, and that he's the second Buckeyes player for the Broncos in this draft class. Now, I think for where the Broncos are at, Draymond Jones, he's going to evidently be a penciled-in starter right now on paper for defensive end. Shelby Harris as another defensive end. Mike Purcell, defensive tackle. And then you have McTelvin Ajim, who's kind of that hybrid inside guy and also defensive end for the organization. They have a lot of options there, Deshaun Williams as well. So I think the Broncos can focus... Converting Cooper to an outside linebacker, which in my projection... I believe that Vic Fangio will convert him to be an edge rusher. The Broncos need that depth considering Vaughn's on his one-year deal. Bradley Chubb entering that fifth year of his deal, they're going to they exercise the options. So next year, you know, he's going to be in that prime position to get a contract extension, potentially even in the season this year, depending on how he's playing. But it gives the Broncos flexibility. And then I do believe that Malik Reed will be back. So it really depends on if the Broncos view Vaughn Miller as a guy that's going to play this one season. And then if they move on from Vaughn, they really have to address the future of that position. I think Malik Reed has the talent to step up and, and to be a key guy. He proved that last year when Vaughn was out. But behind those guys, if any of these guys go down, if the Broncos lose Vaughn Miller or Bradley Chubb to any kind of injury, it hurts their productivity on the defensive side of the ball. So can Jonathan Cooper step up and maybe be that guy? I think he can contribute what his impact will be right now. We don't know because it's not training camp, it's not preseason. We haven't had a chance to evaluate that. But that's what the Broncos, they're projecting for Cooper, and maybe Baron Browning. Like I said, being able to play both positions, Vic requires his inside backers to know how to play the edge at times, and their edge rushers know how to play inside linebacker. Outside of the fact that Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson never play edge, but they have the dynamic ability to track and to play uh, inside the box, outside the box, they do that sometimes. So I'm eager to see what Vic Fangio does for the Broncos and for these players and the depth position at edge rusher. I'm eager for your thoughts, Broncos country. Share them with me on Twitter at CodyWorkinFail at Lockdown Broncos on your thoughts on the Broncos' edge depth coming into training camp. But before we get into our next conversation coming up, where we include Broncos fans' response to the off-season, and maybe the trajectory that they feel like the team is headed to, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there, rockauto.com. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. And rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years and you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they have everything you could be looking for for your vehicle whether it's an engine control module brake parts tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And like I said, they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need rockauto.com. And Broncos country, as we get into the fourth quarter action of today's episode of the show, just want to remind you guys to check out the lockdown nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore. The Denver nuggets are putting on a clinic without Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic is solidifying in my opinion, at least why he should be the NBA MVP, and he's got the Nuggets in a prime position despite the fact that there's key injuries to the players like Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, and Will Barton. Why the Nuggets could sneak into the playoffs and surprise a lot of people, maybe even make it back to the Western Conference Finals despite those obstacles. Check out Lockdown Nuggets if you want to hear more insight, more pick-and-roll action on the Denver Nuggets. But getting into your fan responses now here on Twitter Tuesday, I asked Broncos Country, The question, I wanted to know what their thoughts were on the Broncos draft and the trajectory maybe that they're headed on based on the selections that they made and where it puts them in terms of positional value depth in 2021. And we're going to start things off with my man, Newtype underscore JK47. He tells me they replenished an aging defense that also had expiring contracts coming up and the secondary is set for the future and the pass rush will at least... And the pass rush will feast a lot easier. The Broncos have some O-line depth in Glasgow's possible replacement in Quinn Miners. The team does not have too many needs next year. And I I do want to maybe throw a little bit of an angle at this point because entering the 2020 offseason where we're at before free agency even happened, a lot of us have had the conversation here in the podcast and I've shared this sentiment with Broncos fans. Broncos fans have shared that sentiment with me. The Broncos defense needs to add playmakers, guys that could take the football away And that was an area where the Broncos had struggled. They didn't have too many takeaways last year. They had 16 total takeaways, 10 of them were interceptions, and 6 of them were forced fumbles. Denver has to find a way to generate more turnovers, takeaways, and if you can turn some of those turnovers, forced takeaways into points, if you can have a scoring defense, you could take the pressure off of other angles of your team, whether it be the offense, whether it be special teams, it helps anytime you can score on special teams or defense. It makes the offense's job a lot easier. So the Broncos, I mean, they go out and they add a playmaker at the cornerback position, a guy that I'm so excited about. Film reviews coming up here on Lockdown Broncos here in this week. You can expect that upload there. But the Broncos' defense, we talked about it before the offseason began. They needed to add some younger guys there, and they needed to add depth because their depth was tested to the limits, and Vic Fangio still squeezed the most out of them, which was a very promising aspect to maybe where they're headed. But outside of that, Denver did do that. They added Patrick Sertan. They go through and they add Baron Browning. They add Cooper. They add other guys, cornerback out of LSU. They're they're focusing on these depth pieces, and that cornerback room is full of guys right now, which is great because some guys aren't going to be fully healthy for the start of the season. Guys like Duke Dawson, they're working their way through ACL rehab. As saying Bassey, who Broncos head coach Vic Fangio has said, that he's not probably going to be full speed at the start of training camp. Now they're going to work their way in there. There's going to be preseason games this year, which will give some of these young players an opportunity to maybe get some more reps in training camp, but also get reps against other guys. And I've said it before here on the show, when you're going against your own teammates every single day, you're going to elevate yourself. It's going to be competitive. But the issue at hand is where you're not getting a look from somebody who doesn't care about what's going on with you. You're going against somebody that wants to knock your lights out and you want to knock their lights out. You can't necessarily come up and hit your teammates very, very hard, especially in camp because guess what? They're your own guys. You want to protect your own teammates. So that's the fine line, I think, of what we didn't get to see anybody in the NFL have last year. And I think it was evident with the on-field product that contrary to what some people say, the football product last year was ugly. It wasn't that pretty. There were a lot of penalties on various teams, ugly penalties, undisciplined penalties, and then there were a lot of penalties that weren't called simply by officiating. But the overall product, due to the amount of time lost in practices, it, was, it wasn't it was that great. The quality, in my opinion, and I spent a lot of time watching games and, and watching film, I just felt like something was lacking last year. And I think it was attributed to the offseason. So things are going to evidently be different this offseason in comparison to last. So we'll see how things go. But the Broncos, yes, they did replenish the defense that had some question marks. And the Broncos addressed some positions of need maybe next year. And I think that's an important key in terms of roster development. So thank you for your response here on Twitter Tuesday. Ben Stecker says, Great draft, one key phrase, flexible depth. Patrick Sertan means that Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, they can move to any cornerback spot, whether it be inside or outside. Williams can play any down as a running back. Quinn Miners can play guard center, which means that Reisner could be used at right tackle. I'm going to stop right there. I don't think that's going to be the case. From what I know and from people I've spoken to regarding the Broncos, Dalton Reisner would be an absolute last case emergency scenario to ever play right tackle for the team. They view him as a key stable piece of that offensive line at the left guard position right next to Garrett Bowles. They would absolutely not move him unless it were for some emergency freak reason. So don't expect Reisner to play tackle. Miners is going to be a guy who's going to be a center guard depth option, as you have mentioned here but he's projected to maybe be a center backup. So Lloyd Cushenberry, there probably will be a little bit of competition between Lloyd Cushenberry and and Miners in training camp, which isn't bad. That's going to either elevate Lloyd Cushenberry, or we're going to see a guy like Miners step up to the plate and, Here's the deal about Cush. His issue last season as a rookie had to do with strength and I think sometimes processing quick enough. And that's where we saw other guys having to compensate, like Glasgow and Dalton Reisner. We saw some miscommunication due to that on the offensive line, but Cush's stuff is super fixable. And a second year in Mike Munchak, I think we all deserved, I mean, I think he deserves to get the benefit of the doubt from all of us. And we're going to watch that in training camp. I mean, that's going to be something we're keeping an eye on is, hey, what's going on between Miners and Cushyberry? You know, who's getting reps with what unit? And What is it looking like? What's the competition look like? How is Miners doing against the first team defense versus how Kush is doing? We're going to make those observations and obviously discuss it, but competition isn't a bad thing. And I think that the Broncos defensive line, they have a lot of depth there inside backer. They have some rotational aspects there and a safety room right now, the Broncos are sitting in a pretty good position with their defensive back depth as is. So they definitely did get better, and I think flexible depth is a great way to term it. Greg Hunt says, The depth building, in my opinion, has positioned the team from losing the close games from injuries that occurred last season to winning some of those games. Fangio got his defensive guys finally that fit his system and a third down back that might actually make those third and ones. And that was Denver's issue. Sometimes last year, they couldn't even get a third and one, not even a second and one. And for me, it was one of the most mind boggling things because opposing defenses knew when Denver was going to run the ball. So they would stunt on the inside. They'd put a defensive tackle in a zero technique slant. They'd send the inside linebacker to the A gap and they would slant backside and they'd pinch their edges to where there was contain. And they'd even blitz guys from the nickel off the edge. So Denver had a really hard time last year running the ball consistently, Denver might have a guy in Williams, and I think a more solidified offensive line that is more firm, and they understand the system. They understand the playbook a lot more. Mike Munchak's going to get these guys ready, but we'll see if they really carry it out. I think on paper, we could project that, yes, they have gotten better. The value is there. Can they make it happen now? Can they take a, a stand in some of those games where they maybe lose by three points, they lose by a field goal, they lose by a touchdown, one possession game? And it all goes back to a mistake. Can they fix those little mistakes, those self-inflicted wounds that hurt them? Drops on key possessions, drops on third down, missed blocking assignments, bad throws by the quarterback, poor decision-making, defensive breakdowns at times. If they can shore up a couple of those areas that that contributed to them losing games directly in close games where they could have won if one thing went right for them rather than going wrong, is in a different position. And our conversation and our outlook on the team is a lot different coming into this offseason. So obviously things have changed, and Denver is in a really good position right now when it comes to depth that I feel like they have contributed uh, to trying to fix things. And for George Payton, his background as a scout, his involvement in the player personnel side of things, that's something that many people around the NFL respect. I have seen, based on his moves, that I can see why people respect that. But now these moves that he has made, they had to pan out. The Broncos, they had 10 picks in the draft. They're hoping that maybe five of these guys hit in the next year or two, and maybe when it's all said and done, in three years, four years now, when the classes, contracts are set to expire, you're hoping that you're renewing these guys on on a second deal. That's the hope. How often does it happen? Around the NFL, not so much. But if you can hit on at least five of those 10 players, that's a success in the eyes of many. So, Broncos Country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Your feedback is always important. And it would mean the absolute world to me if you guys could go to Apple Podcasts. If you haven't left a review of the show yet, click on that Write a Review on Apple Podcast. And if you love Lockdown Broncos, leave a five star review. Tell us why you listen and include your Twitter handle in there. And it may enter you in a future contest giveaway. That we're going to be handing out to Broncos fans. You, the fans, have made it to where this podcast is in a great position. And I appreciate you for tuning in, taking time out of your daily schedule to listen to me talk to you about the team that you root for on Sundays. I will always aim to provide you with objective coverage, looking at every angle, looking at every position, and also engaging with you, the fan. No matter how many questions we get, I will try to get to all of them on Twitter. I will try to get to all of them in my DMs. And I'll even address as many as I can here on the show when you send them in. Country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Lockdown Broncos, you get it on your favorite podcast provider. If you're a brand new listener of the show today, if you love listening, hit that subscribe or that follow button wherever you get your podcast, and we'll bring you coverage every single day, but Broncos country tomorrow is Wednesday. We're going to go through this week. We're going to do a crossover. With some of the coverage hosts here at the lockdown podcast network, locked on Bama locked on Tar Heels. And we're going to get some insight from the local experts who cover that team every single day. They're going to give us a little bit more. That's going to make you the fan more aware of the players that the Broncos have drafted. But with that said, I'm Cody Orco, host of lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.